I'm so grateful this morning that I can stand in the presence of the Lord. I encourage you to continue to pray for those who are not with us, especially if you are close to somebody that you know from the church or your family that is going through a time of physical challenges. Remember to pray for them, to encourage you, to check on them. You know what is going in Italy right now is a tragedy. The all countries shutting down and quarantine. But I can tell you that is a, a moment where you see story of solidarities uh, that are amazing. And I want to remind you of something. How many of you were here in 1998, I believe, when it was the ice storm? Oh, a lot of us. I just arrived in Canada at the time. <laughs> it was a wonderful moment where people came together to help each other. Let's assume a posture of faith. Okay? We take all the precautions that we need. Let's not undermine the dangerousness of the virus. Let's not, please. It's serious. I have a brother, he's a doctor, he's working in the hospital, and I can tell you, he's concerned. Let's take all the precautions that we can, but let's not live in fear. Fear comes from the enemy. Hope comes from the Lord. So this morning, I choose a text in Hebrews chapter 4. We will read from verse 14 of chapter 4 until verse 10 of chapter 5. Let's read together the word of God and be encouraged. And may the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and uh, wayward since he himself is beset with weaknesses. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from the death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned 
obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Praise the Lord for his word. Father, I thank you and I pray this morning that your word will reassure our hearts of your presence in our lives. That you have not finished the work with us, O Lord. You are on the throne. We can approach you boldly and confidently. Your grace to find help. I pray that your word this morning will change us. And we draw nearer to you more and more. In Jesus' name and for his glory we pray. Amen. Amen. You see, we can live our life fully relying in Jesus as Jesus relied on the Father. Prayer is one of those things that allows us to rely on God. And you know, as we look at the life of Jesus, we realize like Jesus was not just teaching about prayer, but he was living the prayer. He had full confidence on the Father. And I'm so grateful this morning that despite the circumstances that Jesus was facing, he was confident to rely on God the Father. And I want to encourage all of us this morning. Despite the circumstances that we are facing, let's rely and be confident to approach the Father's love. It's not far from us. It's close to us. You see, Jesus had a surprising prayer life. And uh, something that comes out from the Gospels is that, again, it was living what it was teaching. You know, we have only two full recorded prayers of Jesus. Remember which one are there? One is the one that we read last week on Sermon on the Mountain. The well-known our Lord's Prayer. And then... The high priest prayer that Jesus made in John chapter 17. But if we continue to see, there are almost 35 times in the gospel we have recorded incidents that has to do with Jesus' prayer life in 23 different situations. That was the, the bulk of Jesus' prayer. But you see, Jesus' prayer life shows how much he was leaning on the Father's love. And my brothers and sisters, in times like this, we should lean on the Father's love. God has not abandoning us. He's present in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have His Word. We have His promises. We have the family of God, the church. Don't you know how blessed you are this morning to be part of the family of God? And to know that other people are connected to you because of the blood of Jesus? Because we have a common ground where we stand? And this is Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of the church? And though we don't see our brothers and sisters here today, we are one in Jesus. We can rely on God's presence in our lives because His presence is in the church. So let me share briefly some points this morning from this text. Jesus can help us because he's both exclusive in nature and in function. You see, when we say that we have a faith in Jesus, it's not something that we think just to say, oh, we are Christians. 
No, we are faith in Jesus because Jesus is unique for his nature and the function that he has. In nature, he is the son of God. In the function, he is a high priest for us. The one that can intercede for us. And that's why the scriptures begin with this encouraging invitation. Therefore, since we have a great high priest. The Greek says, Megas. You cannot have a greater high priest than Jesus. You cannot have one that can intercede for you if not like Jesus. Our Catholic friends are in need to pray saints. I need to pray the Virgin Mary to get the grace of Jesus. But the, the text here is very clear. There is no better intercessor than Jesus Christ. And we can stand on that this morning. We can find the encouragement to know that Jesus is not merely a high priest, but he is a great high priest. His greatness is based on the, his unique nature. He came through heaven. Jesus has gone through the heavens. And this is a beautiful reality because he left the glory of the heaven to come and become one of us. He became one of us. He sympathized with us. He became one of us so he could better assist us in his role. Now, I don't know if you have been hospitalized or if you have been sick of some sicknesses. You are more comfort to talk with somebody that went through the same things that you are going through. Maybe. And I know if you have been affected by cancer, you can easily understand somebody that has cancer. If you have been rejected, you can understand easily what is the feeling of being rejected. If you are being bullied in school, you understand clearly what it means to be bullied too. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You relate it easily with somebody that you know went through the same things. And in this moment, in this particular day, March 15, 2020, Jesus knows your heart. Jesus knows my heart. He has the ability to connect with us because he left the glory and became one of us. He knows your anxiety, he knows your fears, he knows our concerns. And no one of us is excluded to have concerns and thoughts flying in our head. I have my concern towards my family right now in Italy. I speak with them, I know. I, I spoke with a godly woman that is my aunt. I know her life has been consecrated to the Lord as a wonderful woman of prayer. And she had no fear to say, Mario, I feel that it's like an oppression. I feel depressed. It's almost a week that we are closed in our house and we cannot go out. We don't have a church. Our pastor just sent a podcast via radio. So there are concerns. And as we, she was talking, faith came in heart. I said, but I know that the Lord is with me. I know that God has not abandoned me. So that's what the kind of high priest we have. 
we just needed to go and approach the throne of God because of his merit. And when we say we pray in Jesus' name, it's because we take on ourselves, what? The merit and the righteousness of Christ. He's a sympathetic high priest. And that's why we need to glue ourselves to him. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Not even COVID-19, coronavirus. Nothing. Nothing can separate you. And this moment, you are loved by Christ. You are not alone. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Now, the word sympathize comes from two different words. Soon and patho. That means having the same feeling. The same, the Latin translated that, cum patire. It means go through the same thing that you are going through. can tell you something. Jesus is able to sympathize with you. You understand what I'm trying to say? He's able to sympathize with you. Today we use the word sympathy. Tonight I have to go to visit our family for a funeral. And uh, when we present it to the people, we offer our sympathies. It's a way to say, we are feeling what you are feeling right now. Jesus can sympathize with us. He can feel what you are feeling now. And that's why you can go to him with full confidence. But also, Jesus is our confidence at all times. Jesus is our confidence at all times. Remember David, what he said in Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. You can only praise the Lord if you have confidence in him. Right? How can you praise God if you have not confidence in him? Having laid the foundation of our faith as a high priest, Jesus is also our confidence. The author says, and is exhorting us in verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Draw near. You see, the author of the Hebrews say, draw near to God is an action. In moments like this, we can be trapped in fear, in discouragement. We can be discouraged. Because the situation around us. But God says, move from that condition and get closer to the Lord. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we have confidence. I'm the creator of heaven and earth. Jesus is with us. We carry the presence of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have our older brother Jesus with us. So let's move from fear and be more confident. Let's draw near to God. We sing that beautiful song, draw me near, draw me near. It's a beautiful song. And you know where we have to draw near? To the throne of God. Here, maybe for us, 
has no the same meaning for the reading, uh, the readers of the beginning of uh, the first century that received the letter. But this is an image that is taken from the eastern kingdoms, where a king, where the throne of the king cannot be approached unless the king requires that. I want to give you an example that maybe is familiar to you this morning. Remember when Esther, the queen, was asked by Mardukai to go and approach the king Xerxes to intercede for the Jews. Esther was not willing to go. Because if she was approaching the king without being called, though she was the wife and the queen, she could die. So there was the fear to approach the throne without being called. With Jesus is different. We don't need to fear. We have confidence. We know that the way has been open for us. We can call. We can approach the throne of God. And uh, how? With trepidation, with fear, with uncertainty. No, with boldness and confidence. Without any fear. Especially in time like this. We can approach the throne with confidence, boldness, because it's not a throne of judgment, but it's a throne that is willing to deploy all the power to help you and to encourage you. When the king was giving an order, oh, the order was respected. The psalmist says that he will encamp his angels around us. The angels of the Lord are around those who fear him. You may don't know, but God has angels around you that are ministering to you. You don't see them. I remember 1998. I had terrible pain in my stomach. I called my family doctor and say, come to see me. So from the church office where I was working, I went to Cité de la Santa Hospital because my family doctor was working the emergency. And after he visited me, I say, listen, call your wife. I don't think you will go home today. To make the story short, I was supposed to go through a serious operation in my colon. That morning that was supposed to be under surgery, they were removing a part of my colon, put a bag, and then three months after, make another operation to reconnect again the, the colon. It was around five in the morning. I will never forget, Cetela Center Hospital, uh, I was at the fourth floor. There was a solarium where patients were going. And I went there to pray. And I said, Lord, it's not for healing that I come here. I come here, oh Lord, because I want to sense your presence. And I opened the Bible and started to read a psalm. If you ask me which psalm it was, I don't even remember. But I felt the presence of God in my life as I never, never in my life I'd felt before. And I said, Lord, it's too much. I cannot take it anymore, God. I want to share this with somebody. I open the eyes and I see a lady with blonde, long hair, blue eyes. And with uh, the gown that usually patients have. And she say these words I will never forget. The God whom I served sent me here to say that everything will be okay. And you know what? <laughs> I was shocked by this, and she left. 
I went everywhere in that floor. I went to see door by door. I asked the uh, nurses the station if uh, they saw a patient like that. I went to the floor after, down to ask. I was so curious to meet this lady. She never showed up. No one saw a person like this. I cannot put my hand on the fire, but I have the feeling that was an angel of the Lord ministering to me in a time of very need. And you know what? I never had the surgery. We can approach the throne of God with full confidence in time of need. And whatever is your need in your life, come in that throne. There is mercy, there is grace, and there is help available for you and I. My encouragement to you this morning is that we stand on that promises. And we try to have a... A close relationship with Jesus in our lives. So he can strengthen our faith in this particular time. Because Jesus was strengthened by the Father. is also the source of eternal salvation. What I'm saying with this is that Jesus, when he faced Gethsemane. He realized there that God the Father was there. To strengthen him. If we go in uh, chapter 5 verse 7. In the days of his flesh. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications. With loud cries and tears. To him who was able to save him from death. And he was hurt because of his reverence. I see here the picture. How everything happened. The life of Jesus had a purpose. To make him the source of eternal salvation for us. And I want you to know that despite the situation that you are living. Even sufferings. Even challenging times. Can be used by the Lord to strengthen you. Because our hope is not to stay on this earth. The ultimate goal of our lives is to go to heaven. Is to meet the Lord. So even when Jesus suffered in Gethsemane. At the moment where he was in full agony, he sweat blood, right? The Bible records in Luke chapter 22 from verse 41 to 44 that blood came out of his body. So intense was the moment. I was looking at that because the Bible said that Jesus was heard. How come Jesus was heard and he was in such agony? Now, I'm not a doctor. But I went to research, and this phenomenon that caused the, the blood to come out of your sweat is called hematohydrosis. And it's happened when in moments of stress and fear, the vessels or the networks of glands that are closer to the, the skin of our body can constrain. And there is a lot of pressure there. And what happened? When the stress is released, those vessels are open up. And because they are open up, the blood is going out from our skin. So we think that Jesus sweat blood when he was praying under agony. But the reality is sweat blood when the pressure was released from him. See the difference? That's why the author of Hebrews said, Hebrews says that he was heard. 
At the moment that in the Gethsemane, when the disciples were not able to understand what is going through, God heard his cry. And he was crying loud with tears. And God comforted the son to such point that Jesus released his stress. My brothers and sisters, he was made perfect through the things that he suffered and his reverence to God. So he can be our eternal source of salvation. So today you and I are standing in his presence, not with fear, not with the doubts that God is abandoning us, but we stand knowing that Jesus is the source of our faith, knowing that Jesus is the source of eternal salvation, knowing that we can stand in his presence with full confidence and know that we are not abandoned. We are encouraged. So let me finish this message. Jesus' ministry has not ended yet. You know, we say, and we rightfully so pray that we stand on the finished work of Calvary. I like that. Finished work of Calvary. Jesus doesn't need to go back on Calvary to die for our sins. But his ministry has not ended. You know why? Because he's at the right hand of the Father. And what he does? Interceding for you and I. Those who are trusting him. His ministry is for those who are trusting him. Hallelujah. Doesn't give you courage that. With my fear, my weaknesses, I have a great intercessor. At the right hand of the Father that is praying for me. He's praying for my family. He's praying for my church family. He's praying for my neighborhood. And if we trust him, we can be receiving grace in time of need. And then... Prayer is our 911 number. When we have a, a sickness or a problem, we call 911, right? The point is this. When you have a need, you call the number. And you know that the ambulance or whatever it is will come out. When you pray Jesus' number, oh man, I tell you, it will answer prayer. And then prayer requires a sense of expectation of God at work. If you call the ambulance, you will expect the ambulance to knock at your door, right? If there is a fire, you expect that the fireman department will send a patrol to rescue. When we pray, we don't need to doubt. We need to expect that God will be at work because you prayed him. And you know, in a time like this, what we can expect if we go in the presence of the Lord? Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. Brothers, you he will heal the land. So let's pray. I stop here. We'll watch this short video from President David Earn, and then I would love to spend time in prayer. Feel free to approach the throne of grace with full confidence. Amen. Let's watch together the, the video. No workers. COVID-19 has devastated families and communities and generated a great deal of fear around the world, including here in Canada. 
This is a serious situation and we expect that it's not gonna let up anytime soon. As leaders, we need to be informed, but I do not have medical advice for you. There's plenty of advice available through the World Health Organization and your local health authority. As leaders, we need to make difficult decisions, but I'm not gonna tell you when to postpone Sunday services or how to disinfect toys in your kids' ministry classroom. You have leaders in your church, your city, and your district who can help navigate these constantly shifting changes in your context. I'm actually here to encourage you and to really encourage you as leaders and international workers. I believe God has placed you right where you are for such a time as this. In difficult moments, we can be light in our churches and in our communities. In the midst of real fear, we can bring the peace of Christ. In the face of powerful illness, we care for the sick. We partner with the Spirit to pray for healing. And in the face of great suffering, we enter in, we bear each other's burdens, and we preach a Savior who knows suffering. And when death comes, and it will in some of our churches, we comfort those who grieve, and we proclaim hope that defeated the grave. Alliance leaders, this is a moment for us to be faithful to our calling, to shepherd those under our care with wisdom and discernment, to care for the sick as the church has done in its very best moments in history, and to put on display the gospel of God's perfect love, which drives out fear. Brothers and sisters, it is my great privilege to partner with you in ministry. So Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on our churches today. In particular, fall fresh on our leaders. Give them unbelievable discernment. Give them sensitivity to the needs and the fears and the things that are developing, not just in their churches, but in their communities. And may the churches that we represent be beacons of hope and life and grace in the midst of fear and discouragement and what may seem overwhelming to our communities, to our country, and to our world. This is a moment for us to be the church, to be all that you've called us to be, givers of hope. So may you, the God of all hope, fill all of our leaders with peace and even with joy as we rivet our trust on you that we may be people, communities that overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. So I invited the worship team to come back at the platform and lead us with a song. Can we all spend a few moments in prayer before the Lord as the Lord leads you? Don't undermine the faith that is in your heart. Amen. Can we all stand in the presence of God?